welcome to the Cashmere Talk podcast. I am your host, Kiki Tobar, and I am doing this podcast solo today. So one of the things that I really wanted to talk about when starting my own podcast, and let me tell you, I've wanted to start a podcast for many years. I am a big fan of podcasts, but I'm actually very picky about the type of podcasts that I like to listen to because oftentimes it's not enough information or people speak too slow, or it's not just those good golden nuggets that I'm looking for. So I've always wanted to create something that was really inspirational. And um, if you don't follow me already, uh, I will tell you a little bit about myself. And if you do, welcome. It's nice to see your face again. So I'm actually the owner of Cashmere Extensions. We're located in Los Angeles in West Hollywood, really. And um, I have a pretty amazing story. And today I want to share that story with you. And I want to help you see yourself in me. And I think that's one thing that I think has helped me and given me so much fulfillment is helping other people understand now that I'm in the position that I'm in. I've seen some success and I've really built myself to a place where I'm comfortable and happy. And I think people look at me like I'm this crazy giant. It's very weird. Like I train a lot. I train a lot of these students. And I think that sometimes the way that they look at me They think that what I've achieved is untouchable. And that's the one thing that I really am like, I want to break the narrative. I want to help you understand that you are just like me. As long as you decide to show up and make the decision to be different, do something different. And I think that's what really took it down for me. So let me, let me start from the beginning. Um, My name is Kiki, but originally my, my actual real name on my birth certificate is Kirsten. So if you didn't know that about me, fun fact, and I am 31 years old and I um, own a salon and I've hit seven figures inside of my salon in literally less than two years of owning the salon. Um, And how did I do that? I'm an educator for a national company that does extensions and I have educated and done all of these things. I have a great team. I have a beautiful family and I think people look outside the glass and are like, wow, how did she do that? But, you know, I, I am from a small town. I'm from a small town. I grew up Mormon and I'm from Spanish Fork, Utah, actually Woodland Hills, if you're familiar with Utah, I'm just Spanish Fork High School and it is rodeo town there. People do roping. They do all the things. I dated the Cowboys. Um, it's just like where I grew up and um, I always knew that I was going to do something bigger. I was always bored. I swear to you, I was always bored. And I just knew that there was something else inside of me. On the other hand, I always knew that I was an artist. And I always felt that from the time I was young, my mom would put a pencil and a notepad in front of me and I would start drawing portraits. I would draw animals, horses, mermaids. I do all these things artistically. And then my mom would bring me to art class with her and I would learn how to paint, oil paint, draw, And that's always been something that's been a part of me. And so, you know, my mom was a hairstylist. She grew up as a hairstylist. Well, she was, I mean, she, she learned hair from the time she was 16. So she graduated hair school when she was 16 years old. And she always did it as we were around as kids. So I don't know if it was something that I wanted to do because I saw my mom doing it, but I just felt like it was something I wanted to do. Fast forward, once I was a little older, my mom ended up opening a hair school And I was in the back as a teenager, a young teenager, mixing color, working on people, doing stuff. I was doing, you know, makeup for my cousins at their weddings when I was like 15 or 14. 
I was doing nails, manicures, pedicures. I was always so interested in the beauty industry and I was always very much encouraged inside of it with my mom owning this business and doing this. And my mom is an entrepreneur. My dad is an entrepreneur. So we always had this entrepreneurial mindset. My dad has owned several businesses, started, stopped, started again, stopped from the time I was young until now. And my mom, you know, has done this adventurous hairstylist hair school. And, you know, we talked about business at the dinner table. So that was just something that was kind of normal to me. And on the other hand, you know, I grew up very differently than most hairstylists. Most hairstylists, it's very sad, but as an educator and inside of a business world, which is kind of more niche, but, you know, I educate a lot of hairstylists that, you know, don't feel that way. They don't feel that they were empowered. They don't feel that people supported them. Um, Oftentimes the story is, you know, I grew up as a is you know, this or that. And I told my mom I wanted to go to hair school. And they said, you know, that's like, are you sure? There was doubt inside of that. And then even now they are a hairstylist and they tell people that they do hair. And, you know, people are concerned about them. Like, oh, you know, you're just, oh, you're a hairstylist, you know? So it's, it's always just like this negative thing. For me, it wasn't like that. I never had that story inside of my head that I'm just a hairstylist. I had this story inside of my head that, wow, you're a hairstylist. That's beautiful. You know, your mom owns a hair school. Great. You're so artistic. You're good at hair. Can you do my hair? That's amazing. Kiki, when you're finished with hair school, I want you to do my hair. That sounds great. So I think I just never had this negativity behind that. And that kind of helped me jump to the next level very quickly. From the time I graduated hair school, I was, you know, already doing clients and renting a booth myself. And it just kind of it came easily. I think I just wanted to work for myself. I wanted to do it myself. And I just kind of saw that like hustle inside of me. And I very much so have that type of personality from my parents, um, especially my mom. My mom and dad both are so strong, but my mom is a very mentally strong person. So, you know, I think she got that from her grandparents. My mom is actually not American. So she was born in Holland. She's now an American citizen, but she was born in Holland and she's Dutch. So I'm actually half Dutch. And her grandparents obviously were raised in Amsterdam and were raised there during the Holocaust, the war. My opa was in the resistance. My Oma was in the resistance. My opa was, you know, a paratrooper and he joined the military when he was 16. He was in the British Special Air Service. And then he was a tank commander towards the end of the war. He liberated concentration camps. My Oma was almost shot in person for doing things because of the resistance. My Opa was almost shot several times. So many of these stories are what I heard growing up of trials and tribulation and how hard their life was. And for me, I was like, wow, I mean, we just have it so easy in our life now. We have it so easy, like all we have to do is just wake up and go to school. Like I have not even a care in the world. Like life is easy compared to what these guys went through. And we heard those stories so often that the mental toughness was almost easier to come by because of hearing their examples of what they had to go through. And we honored them so much until the day they died. And we still do now. But, you know, my mom always had that mentality of like, you know, it's fine. Like it could be worse. You know, you could have grown up during World War II and almost starved to death with food rations. Like you're fine. You can get up and go to school, you know, if you're sick or whatever. 
And so, you know, later on, my mom ended up getting um, a very rare type of cancer towards the beginning of my marriage, almost 10 years ago. And I saw her just like battle through that and get up every day. And she still showed up. She still went to work. She still ran her business. She was going through cancer treatment and at least 75% of the people in her life didn't even know she had cancer because she just didn't even tell anyone. And I think I just have such good examples of people like that in my life. Like, wow, the mental toughness, like you just do it. You just show up and you do it. You know, and sometimes it's easy to just slip into like being a victim and like, you know, being a victim of your circumstance. Like it's so much easier. It seems sometimes when you have these trials and one of the biggest trials I had in my businesses was moving to California. And at the same time that I moved to California, I was also struggling so much with infertility and I'd been struggling for years. And, you know, if you've ever struggled with infertility where you're a man or your woman listening to this, it's one of those things that it will rock you because it's something that you can't control unless you have a certain amount of money. And even then, if you have a lot of money, sometimes you still can't control it. So it just really makes you almost have a very bitter taste in your mouth about life. And at the same time, going through this and struggling with this and just wanting nothing more in the world than having a baby and wanting nothing more than that and feeling so jealous of all the people around me that were able to easily have children. I was also moving to a new state. I decided to pick up and move everything and move to California. My husband and I at the time had been married for six years. We felt like we'd been there, done that, done everything in Utah, you know, and we were kind of just sick of it. So we just wanted a challenge. We wanted something new. We wanted a breath of fresh air. And we knew that we wanted to be in California for many years prior. And so we just felt like, you know what? This is the time. We're too comfortable. Let's get out. Let's do something different. And let's move to Los Angeles. So we did that. And for me, I had this very false sense of success. I saw Hollywood as, you know what? This is the land of opportunity. If everybody else can do it, I can do it too. And I just have to be a good artist. That's, that's the story I told myself. I just have to be a good artist. I got to show up. I got to do the work. I got to do what I've always done. You know, I got to mow that grass greener than anyone else. And that's what my dad always told me, you know, and if I do that, then I'll be successful. And I tried that. And, you know, a year later and no money left in my bank account. And I, I think I, I spent, you know, all the money I had and I didn't have any clients and I still didn't have any clients. And I kind of was relying on other people to help me. You know, I'd show up to a salon every day and I'd sit on the couch and I'd hope that somebody would come in. And I very much had like this, you know what, it'll work out mentality, but there wasn't a lot of action behind it. So I started, you know, going down the street and handing out business cards. I remember I had a stack of business cards left over from when I had my salon in Utah and I would, you know, have my husband drop me off because at the time we only had one car. So he would drop me off and I'd say, drop me off at a nice area, something ritzy, you know, like Rodeo Drive. And I'll go into the stores and I'll talk to people and I'll try and, you know, get them to come in, you know, I'll offer them a discount and why wouldn't they want to come see me? And, um, easier said than done. You know, if you've ever done that in a business where you've cold knocked and, and done something like that, it's, it's hard. It's hard on your self-esteem. It's hard getting things shut in your face. It's hard sitting every day and like not having anything show up and then not seeing money come into the bank account. And so, that worked for a while until it didn't anymore. And I finally hit my breaking point. And the breaking point was no more money. And as I saw that money trickle away, I knew that money was the money that was going to pay for the baby. And it was slowly going away, going away. I didn't have enough 
And I, and I knew that the only way I was going to have a baby was if I had more money. So I knew like, I gotta, I gotta do something different. I gotta, you know, make a a choice here. I gotta change. I gotta find something different. And I just was scrolling on Instagram one day and I saw this extension method and I was like, you know what? I got to do this. This is the one I, I just need. I've known about this extension method for a long time. I know it. I know it's successful. I know everyone who does it is finding success and I need to not be so stubborn and I need to, you know what, join the cult. I mean, at the time I felt like, you know, it's kind of like this weird cult thing. Like, I don't know, like these girls, they're, they're like wearing free people dresses and like Converse and like these denim jackets and they're all kind of dressing the same and they got hair down to their belt. And I'm, I don't know, like, that's not me. Like, I'm not like that. Like this, that's, I don't really fit in that box. And I've never been that type of girl. Um, I've never been the type of girl that's kind of had friends, like had a lot of friends. I've, I have a couple, but you know, I'm, I feel very like I was very unique and I didn't, I wanted to be unique. I didn't want to, I wasn't like that cheerleader, Regina George type of girl, even though I was a cheerleader. I would wear studded belts and I would wear, you know, black eyeliner and I would wear band tees and skate shoes. And I was, all my friends were boys. Anyone that you talked to that I went to high school with said that all of Kiki's friends are boys. And I think it, I liked being friends with boys because they were just chill, you know, like they were like easy to talk to, easy to hang out with, no stress. And um, I just didn't want to be a part of like this clicky thing. So finally I was like, you know what? I don't even care anymore. I'm just going to do it. And so, I did it and I thought I was signing up for an extension class. I showed up. It was not an extension class. Do you know anything about NBR education? It's like a full blown whole thing, tears, crying, admissions. Like, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like this. I did not know I was signing up for this. I'm so embarrassed. Like, I had to tell people how much money I was making. And at the time, like, I was making zero money. So it was very embarrassing for me. And I even told my coach, like, I'm not making any money. So, like, what do I write on the paper? And she goes, you write zero. And I was like, really? I mean, I, but I'm like zero, like really? Okay. So I remember when I had to share how much money I was making with somebody, I lied because I was so embarrassed that I, and I was so disappointed. It wasn't even the embarrassment because I really don't get embarrassed. Very rarely do I get embarrassed unless I embarrass somebody else, then I will get embarrassed, but I don't get embarrassed myself. I don't really give a shit. But I was disappointed. And I think that's what got me is I was like, you know what, Kiki, you failed. You failed yourself. You didn't show up. And you're disappointing yourself. And you're disappointing, you know, who you want to be. Like, who do you want to be? And I finally just had to be like, you know what? I'm making excuses for myself. I am depending on other people to make me successful. I'm depending on other people to get me there. And they're not going to get me there. I need to get me there. And I need to start showing up. So that is the day where I made that decision. Like, you know what? It's fine. You only have $500 in your account. It's fine. You can start over and you can start this with a new slate and you can do that at any time in your life. You can rewrite the narrative anytime you want. I know I say that and you're listening and you're like, Kiki, it's not that easy. I know it's not that easy. I was at rock bottom, but you know what? Learn from me that you don't have to hit rock bottom to change the narrative. You don't have to hit the bottom of the bank account to be like, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. It, you don't have to be at the bottom of the barrel below a pile of shit to decide that you're going to change something about yourself. You can do it at any time. And it doesn't have to be something so big. It can be little things, little decisions that you make 
every other week or every month or, you know, even a little decision that you make every day to show up to do something that will change your life forever. So, you know, I look back and this is a great story, but it's like, it was a long time coming. It was four years of making that decision every day to show up and be consistent because I looked at where I had put myself and I was so disappointed. I never wanted to get there again. And on the other hand, my other motivation was wanting to make enough money so that I could have a baby. And that was really, really strong. Fast forward a couple years later, I think it had only been a year and I found success so much that I could have had a baby. But then I got to the point where I was like, wait a second, do I need that? Do I want that? Not necessarily. I think I'm okay now because I was using that as the tool or the thing to fill my void. I was using wanting to have a child to fill that. And once I had found myself, really, it wasn't the money. It wasn't once I had the money, I was successful. Or once I had the money, I was happy. No, it was once I had found myself. I really truly feel like I found myself and I started to feel the really true inner confidence. I didn't feel like I needed a baby to fulfill me anymore, but I still wanted one. And I think that's beautiful. I came to that point. I came full circle and I really truly believe in the timing of things and just understanding that if there's something that's not happening and you're working, working, working towards it and you're hitting the wall and you're hitting the wall and you're hitting the wall, it's because it's not the right time. Doesn't mean you shouldn't continue to hit the wall and knock at that iceberg because you never know how close you are to that door opening up. That door could open up tomorrow. That door could open up in a week from now. That door may be closer than you think You may have been chipping at that iceberg or knocking at that door for two years, but sometime it's going to give. Something has got to give inside of that, but it does take work and it does take consistency and quality too. So I showed up and I did what I needed to do. And finally, I was able to get to this place where I had made enough money. I had done enough and I had enough team members that I was able to finally open up a salon. And I was very proud of myself inside of that because I looked at myself less than four years ago and now here I am. I have a whole team inside of me, inside of my salon, and it's beautiful what I've done. But it didn't come without pain. It didn't come without tears. It didn't come without all of those things. I also want to note that I did have the baby. So, you know, she's great and we didn't even have to do fertility. So, you know, the timing, you you know, you go back to timing and you don't need all of that all the time. Um all at once. I think it happened exactly how it was supposed to happen. And it was amazing how it needed to happen. So um, I think if I can leave you with anything, I just want you to understand that I'm not a superhero. And people who you see who are successful inside of your space, inside of whatever business that you do, you may look at people and think, wow, I don't think I can ever get there. Um, It's not about the comparison game. It's about understanding where you can go and how far you can take it and being open to seeing yourself in that light. So what is it going to take? What do you need to do? Do you need to hit rock bottom, below shit level for you to see yourself and see who you could really become? Or are you going to chip at the iceberg every day and you're going to allow your mind to slowly open up inside of the little things that you do? The confidence will slowly come the little wins you'll have, the little successes. And then one day you're going to see yourself in a different light and you're going to see what you're capable of and what you also deserve. 
And it's a beautiful thing when the first time when that happens. And I've had it happen a few times to me in the last four years. What I feel like and what I know I'm going to be. And the sooner that you can tap into that, the better. And if there's anything that I can leave with you, it's that you can do it and you are just like me. So thank you for listening. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Kiki Tobar. And my Instagram page for the hair for the hair salon is Cashmere Extensions with a K, K-A-S-H-M-I-R Extensions and Instagram. And thank you for listening and goodbye.